Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, this is a good one. So a lot of my clients are coaches who are just starting out, whether they're in the Greenhouse Life Coach training course or the Mastermind, or I'm working one-to-one with them. They need practice with clients to get experience in coaching, right? So they ask around their spheres if anybody they already know wants free coaching. Then they can get back, you know, find themselves in some precarious spots every now and then when they're working with somebody they love or they care for, especially if those people are kids, spouses, parents, you know, those close people you have history with who you love them so much that it hurts more. (laughs) So... In response to a couple of coaches that I'm working with right now, they've been asking these questions and I thought it would be good just to share my response to them here on the podcast. So here are some things to remember when you're coaching friends or family members. Number one, absolutely, your personal relationship always comes first. Your coaching relationship is second, especially true if they're paying you, if they're actually a paying client and they're becoming like your business client, well, that can get really tricky with some people. It's not going to get tricky with everybody, but it can be tricky with some. And you have to make sure that your personal relationship doesn't get squashed or twisted because you have made your coaching relationship primary, okay? With every client, you want to share upfront what a coaching experience with you is going to look like. Friends and family, need like you have to be really, really clear about it, both for them and for you, because you don't want their expectations of you to get out of hand. You want to be clear about your boundaries, etc. And when you first start, you might feel like, Oh, I just love doing this. I love coaching people forever. I would do it for for free. But eventually you realize it's important to have boundaries around your time and your coaching skills because some people will keep asking for more. They'll call you just to like, hey, talk as a friend, talk as a sister, and then find, oh, they're really trying to pull out coaching from you. And you will end up finding yourself depleted even if it's a year down the road and you think that's completely impossible because you love doing it, it's it's possible. So I recommend setting boundaries for yourself up front, not just for them, but for you. And then always let them know what you expect of them as a client. Let them know when, when we're coaching, you're not my friend or family member, I'm not yours. You are a client, I'm a coach. That way they realize, okay, you're not going to be doing their work for them just because you have a personal relationship. There's so many reasons to lay the expectations out ahead of time. So tell them how long your sessions are going to be and keep to it. How many sessions will you coach them in? And I recommend keeping that at a lower number in case it doesn't really work out so well, especially if you're doing it for free, just so you can get the practice, right? 
If you want to continue working with them, you can always re-up it, you know, add to it, offer more. I think of my midwife. <laughs> she once told me, you can always add to the si- this side of the pain med spectrum, but once you, you, you can always add to it and roll down the spectrum. But once you get to the far other side of the spectrum and you choose an epidural, you can't lessen that. There's no going back, right? <laughs> so don't put yourself all the way to the far side of the spectrum where the expectations are open and they think they, you know, you can end up being taken advantage of or it's not working out and you then cycle because you don't know how to tell them, no, I don't want to coach you anymore. <laughs> Just start at the lower side of the opposite spectrum and say, Okay, we start here. This is our minimum. This is our maximum right now. One session, two sessions, and then you can offer as you see that it's working. With some people, you might find that offering to work without an end to insight or in too many sessions, you'll find you yourself wishing you had like a relationship epidural to help you cope with all that you committed to and wish you hadn't. <laughs> So I'm sorry if my analogy weirds out, but <laughs> that's what made me think of. So tell them up front that while you're in a session, you're the coach, you're not their friend, you're not their family member. Maybe even ask them to put it in writing via email or intake form on your scheduler that they understand you're going to be drawing things out of them that will make them uncomfortable. Like the, coaching isn't a comfort zone, right? You're going to expect them to um, give you permission to hold them accountable, and you don't accept excuses for the doing the work that they're actually in the coaching relationship to do. And you expect them to follow your coaching agreement guidelines just like you would anybody else. So what if you don't have paying clients yet? Act like you do. Set up your guidelines and boundaries now because you're going to change them. You're going to tweak them as you find out more. But start with something now. This is how you would coach a stranger who becomes a client So that's how you need to approach it with your friends and family. And I promise you, this is going to benefit you if you do it up front. It's going to benefit you in the long game. So part of the challenge of coaching friends and family leads me to the scripture in Matthew 13. A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown. (laughs) You know that one? So like the people of Nazareth, they know Jesus. They know his family. They know he's a stonemason. They know that he never had formal education that in their eyes would make them feel he has a right to teach the way he does about the Torah and operate in so much authority. So they treat him more with offense and contempt because they wonder, why is he being so presumptuous? You'd think that they'd be excited or proud to have one of their own become like so mighty, so well-known, do so many miracles, but instead... They don't honor him or actually recognize his true power because of their perspective and history with him. They don't think he comes from enough of an important family or a a job or high enough station to be who he's become, who he always was that they didn't see. And what's more, Jesus not only says that a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, but it goes on to say he didn't do many miracles at home because of the lack of faith of his very own people that he was raised with. So people think that because they know you and who you used to be and what you do outside of coaching and the mistakes you've made, etc., that this can lead them to have beliefs about you as their coach that you're going to have to work through and address. 
you might find yourself uncomfortable at times if they don't hold you in the highest regard, especially if they feel like they're doing you a favor because you need practice clients. I say don't take anybody who actually doesn't want it. Leave it out. Do not coach people who aren't actually interested in being coached. Those are not coachable people. Don't make them your practice clients. If they hem-haw around it, they never schedule, they never get back to you, skip it and go somewhere else. It's not worth it. All this to say that while I believe you can successfully coach friends and family, I want to be upfront and say it's possible that the results you get for either of you might be less than you'd hope for if they don't see the value in the coaching, they don't honor who you're becoming and what you carry, or they lack faith in you and or the coaching process, coaching in in and of itself. If they don't get it, they're not going to get it, right? So just know that you can also offer low cost or pay what you can coaching to people instead of just making it all free. Pay what you can is actually a, a pay scale, right? Um, payment scale. So free coaching sometimes doesn't get the greatest results for them simply because they didn't actually pursue it, self-select and choose it. They didn't make an investment in it. So they're not going to show up fully. And they didn't have a solid reason to get coached or all of the above. If you feel confident, go ahead and start out asking like, hey, I'm offering low cost coaching instead of free. It's $25 for a 55 minute session for my new clients. Go for it. And then raise your prices as you go, as you get more comfortable, more clarity, more confidence. And also consider your history with these people. If there are sticky points that you need to consider and pray about so that you don't put yourself in a situation with somebody where the coaching relationship might draw things out that harm your first priority of your personal relationship with them, address it sooner than later. Make sure that you really should be coaching these people. Okay, so I want to give you some don'ts. (laughs) Never coach people without their permission. Don't just slide into coach, like coach mode. It's really, really easy to do. And that's why I'm being like forceful about my never because you need your brain to go like, oh, I started coaching them and I didn't ask if they wanted to be coached. They didn't ask to be coached. It's really easy to do with friends and family is to pull out those coaching skills. And I would recommend like this is what I do. What hat do you want on? Do you want me to wear my coach hat, my friend hat, my wife hat, my mom hat, my chaplain hat? my response fan, my response hat. <laughs> what do you do? I, I need to be just a listening ear. Do you know I need, are you looking for me to offer tools to help you? Are you looking for me to create solutions? Are you looking for me to, are you hoping that I'll offer you vision, possibilities, hope of what, whatever it is? You know, what are, what are they asking for from you? when you're in a conversation with them, because your friends and family, you're going to be in the same room, you're going to be on the phone. And they know that you're growing in these skills, that you have these abilities. And they might think the first time that they would talk to you about something, they just need to debrief a situation, they don't need you to fix it. Be their um, support before you're their fixer. Okay, be the wingman. And in the names of uh, in the in the words of Jamie from Blue Bloods, sometimes I need a wingman, not a fixer. Yeah, he said that to his dad, Frank. So, all right. Um, that always stuck with me. 
because I'm a fixer and I have to remind myself sometimes people just need me to be their wingman. They need me to be with them and for them, not fix them. And then let them lead you if they want you to put on your coach hat, offer solutions or possibilities or strategies, right? Don't project what you would mean if you had said that or done that onto them. So that means that what they say or what they do, you, if you had said it or done it, you would have done it with a different motivation than they did. So you need to make sure that you're, you're aware of when you're projecting yourself onto what they say or do. Don't tell them what to do simply because you have a relationship with them. So sometimes as a coach, we do give guidance and direction about what the next right step is because we know what the next right step is and that's what our clients come to us for at times. But don't do this without them specifically saying like, I'm looking for guidance. What do you think the next step is? If you've done this before, how did you go about it? Don't tell them what to do simply because that's what you want them to do because you have a relationship with them. It's one of the sticky points of coaching friends and family. And then don't do the work for them. It's That's not yours. You're their coach. If they want you to do something for them or with them, then go be their mom or their friend, whatever. Go be their brother. Go be the person who actually can do things with them. But that as the coach, that is not your role to do it for them. And then make sure you don't judge. Don't be the judge in your coaching session. Again, really hard to do, but just pay attention and be aware. And then don't share what they bring into the coaching conversation with other people. You know, you're like, well, I'm coaching my dad and I think my mom should know. No, nope, that's his to do. So be really careful about that. Now, what I would tell you to do, do lay out boundaries and expectations before the work begins. I already said this, but it means you're going to have to figure out for yourself what your boundaries and expectations are before the work begins. So I recommend offering the one-time session. If you feel like that person's coachable and you enjoy working with them, you want to continue, offer a package of three or four more sessions together and see where you land after that. If they continue to show up for the work and are motivated, you can add more sessions But if you're doing this for free or for practice, you're basically getting paid in the currency of information, research, and experience, right? But have a limit here. And then cut it off at some point with them and find others to pour your energy into at some point or offer to let them start paying you for what you do. Don't just become their lifelong coach where, you know, they have you booked anytime they need you. And if you have friends or family willing to pay you, You might want to consider offering a shorter term package of sessions just so that if something comes up or like the interrupts or could be harmful to your personal relationship, which is your priority, then you don't have to deal with the weirdness all the way of like letting them go as a client or refunding them. Do stay neutral, non-judgmental, and unbiased as much as possible. Do allow them to be authentically present, right? Let them be who they are. Don't try to change them. Do get interested in their true motivation, but keep the work going forward and not digging into the past. You're not their counselor just just because you're a mom and you could listen, just because you're their friend and you normally listen. When you're in a coaching session, you're looking at how you can help them 
attain things, achieve things, reach goals, keep going, take action, uh, grow, transform, change. You're looking for future results, okay? So be interested in their motivation behind doing the work, but don't get into the counseling uh, phase with somebody just because you think it's safe to do because you are in relationship with them. Do keep your opinions to yourself. And I know that your inner, your soul is cringing because you probably don't know how to do that. This is a great time to practice. (laughs) And do take what they said as what they mean, not what you think they meant, just because you know them. And if you aren't sure, ask more clarifying questions, right? Dig deeper, get curious, take interest, and do stick with the tools. Get some tools, life coaching tools, and use them and stick with them. And then do hold them to the same standards of scheduling, showing up, doing the work, canceling and rescheduling rules, all of those things that you would hold other clients to. In fact, if you have a scheduler set up, go ahead and require them to go through the whole process. It does two things. It's going to help them become more aware that they're, you know, they're actually taking up coaching time in your life. You have a schedule now. You have a coaching practice that you're building. So they need to schedule these times and stick to it so that they get in the mindset, this is a real thing for you. And they show up for it better because you you don't want to be wasting your time because people are like, well, oh, I thought we were just, you know, thinking about meeting next Tuesday. I didn't now, now it's Wednesday and I didn't realize I missed anything. Right. But a scheduler would have sent them emails to remind them they have an appointment with you. Okay. Make appointments with these people. You're not used to doing that, but you need to get used to do it because the, the other thing is it helps you get more familiar with your scheduler with the processes that you need in place because you have a bunch of paying clients who don't know you at, down the road. Like you're going to have paying clients who expect your processes to create a smooth journey for them. So go ahead and get practice with your with your practice clients, not just in session, but everything that leads up to it. And you can work out some kinks in there. Do pray beforehand for God's guidance and protection over your personal relationship because it matters the most. It's easier to work with a stranger because there's no past hurt. There's nothing that's going to cause their brain or soul to react to you based on history, based on how you've hurt them, you've offended them, you lacked them, you you neglected them, sorry. The, um, the brain will respond and be triggered and their soul will too sometime because they have a personal relationship. So ask God to lead you and then do ask God to help you discern between what they mean and what you would mean and don't coach the you that you see inside of them. Does that make sense? Like sometimes you can pick up, it's projection to some degree, but sometimes you with our personal relationships and with our clients, you could find yourself coaching yourself because you, you, you see yourself reflected in what they're doing or saying, okay? Do ask more curious and deeper questions because, right, what they mean, you need to trust that what they said is what they mean. And if you don't think that they actually mean what you heard them say, ask more questions. What do you mean by that? Tell me more about it. If you were looking at your reasoning behind that, what would you find? Like, how'd you arrive at that conclusion? What do you think has led you here? And, 
you know, you could say something like, if that happened to me, I would have felt this, but I sense you felt something different when it happened to you. So help me understand that better, right? Just ask more questions. That's okay. So I hope that this helps you understand how to protect your personal relationships and yet still do what you need to do as you're you're practicing, you're looking for people. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in the middle of a lot of people who already, they just want your coaching. They want your expertise. I have multiple coaches who are, at, you know, they're in ministry. And so they are already seen as somebody that people can go to. And then they offer coaching. And that means they already have a previous history with some of these people, or they have, maybe they don't know these people in church really, really well, but they're going to get to know them. And this creates a personal relationship that is parallel to the coaching relationship because they're not really your family members, but they're people you see often or people who will see you in ministry and respect you. And they're going to pull on you. Really important to draw the line. Hey, today's Sunday. I'm Laura at church. I'm not a coach. If you want to be coached, I'm glad to send you a, a link, text you a link, email you a link to my scheduler. No problem. Literally draw your boundaries, know what you're going to say ahead of time. Hey, that's awesome. But thanks for sharing that with me. But I'm actually in worship and my eyes were closed. <laughs> so maybe, maybe let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you ever had people do that where they're just like, you're like totally connected with the Lord. <laughs> you're like, okay, worship song number three, you know, three and a half. And your eyes are closed. <laughs> you're like totally in surrender and somebody like wants to talk or say hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I've done that to people in the past, but it happens. And then it's just like, what, what? And then oftentimes for me, especially in leadership in our ministry, you know, a lot of times people need something. And here's what I'm going to say. I don't know if you know Heidi Baker. She has a book called There's Always Enough about Ministry in Mozambique, her and her husband, Roland. Highly respected by my husband and I. We really love them. We love working alongside them. Amazing people. And she said once that she was at a conference. Gosh, I feel like I might have said this in an episode before. I, I just so highly respect what she said. She really brings the message of intimacy with Jesus everywhere she goes. That's why people invite her to speak is because of her relationship, her intimacy with the Lord, and her desire to call other people into that kind of relationship with him where you're just abiding in one another so deeply and carrying it with you wherever you go. And it infuses your faith. It infuses your walk. It infuses your um, your soul. It it nourishes your spirit. And it, it affects your body when you are in deep relationship with Jesus like that. So she said that a, when a conference or a church invites her to come speak, but they just, you know, invite her to go from here to here to here to here, uh, was speaking, but they never give her time with Jesus. She draws the line and she says, I'm sorry, but I don't know what you want me to say about Jesus because you're not, you haven't built any time in for me to spend time with him because what she got from him yesterday is not enough for her. She wants more from him today. She wants to be with the Lord today. She wants to go into that secret place today so that she has something to pour out today, even though she's constantly pouring herself out and she's constantly with the Lord she says there's got to be room 
for me to be with him today. That's why it's really important for you to create boundaries in your business and in your relationships and in your life. You need to make sure that there is time to do the priority things so that you have something to pour out when it's time, when it's appropriate, and when you're called upon. People will always pull on you, and especially your friends and family. They are going to want more if they have any value and honor for what you carry. So I pray that this blesses you and just love you guys. You're the best. Have a great day. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.